So we're going to hear from some expertise from people who have experienced things and are in different walks of life. So uh, first of all, we have Kevin, wherever you're at. Uh, Kevin's going to be serving on our panel. We have Quentin. We have a we have a young married couple, Sean and Annie. And we have someone with some more we're, we're going to say more life experience, I believe, is the polite way to say that. Where and uh, and here's the deal. Uh, I'm really excited about this because not only do I get to hear incredible wisdom tonight from an incredible woman of God, but I also get to embarrass Conrad at the same time. Please welcome Mrs. Teresa Crest, everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you don't know, Brigida, this is Brigida's mom. Uh, and Annalisa, where's Annalisa at? Right there. This is her mom as well. Uh, so anyways... Guys, if you're interested in either one of those young ladies, you might want to take some notes, all right? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. Well, we're adults. Come on. All right. All right. We're going to get you guys some microphones. Quentin, if you guys want to help me here, grab those two uh, so that we have more mics so we can pass them along. Uh, we'll share. We'll just do two of them. We'll share. Me and you can share, Kev. So we're going to ask some questions. We have a couple different categories of questions that we're going to be asking today. The first category is all about kind of the before dating. The second category is the during dating. And then uh, the last category is marriage. So uh, that's kind of where we're rolling today. So we have different perspectives here. We have Quentin who is is in a serious relationship, Facebook official, the whole nine yards. Uh, we, have, we have Kevin uh, representing all the single people out there. All right. Wow. Sean and Annie have been married for uh, one year and six months, I believe. All right. Uh, and then... Teresa, how long have you been married? 25 years. 25 years. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we know they really love each other because uh, there's evidence in the room of that. All right. Um, anyway, sorry. That's my last joke. It's my last joke. I'm not going to go there anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. I don't know why I said that. All right. Moving on. Let's get into some questions. Um, first of all, this question is for the ladies. Uh, what are some things that initially attract a woman to a man, and what are some things that could really turn a girl away? Could you repeat the question? What are some, what are some things that would initially attract a woman to a man, and what are some things that could really turn a woman away? Okay, some things that would initially attract a woman to a man. Well, as you can see, my husband is so attractive. <laughs> so we're just going to leave that. That's obvious, okay? 
but I think some of the things that first really, really attracted me to Sean um, was that when we first met, well, number one, he's really funny and not like, oh, yeah, okay. He's really funny. <laughs> um, but he is very, like, he's like a man of his word. And I learned that very, very quickly about him. Um, because when we first met, if he said something, he like meant it. And he was very steady. Just watching him, he's very steady. And I don't know if those are things that you guys can grab onto. But um, Sean was very, very um, intentional with me from the very start of getting to know one another. He asked for my phone number, I think, two days after we met. And then called me on the phone and said, I want you to know that I've really enjoyed text messaging you over these last couple of days. Is it okay that I share this? Okay. Um, <laughs> I've really enjoyed text messaging you these last couple of days, and it's really fun. But I want you to know that I recognize that there's a heart other on the other end of the messages that I'm sending. And I'm not just doing this for my own benefit. I'm text messaging you because I'd really like to get to know you. Would that be okay? Very, very intentional. He didn't leave me wondering or guessing, and he wasn't just hanging around me because it puffed up his ego. Well done, Sean. Good job. <laughs> okay. Uh, then I'm going to ask the same question to the guys. What are some things that would initially attract a man to a woman, and what are some things that could really turn a guy away? <laughs> You're all nervous. Okay. Um, I think for me, I think the you know, when Annie talks about um, me being intentional, I th and like how I how I was upfront and called her, um, the way that she responded to that was probably like when I knew it was real and she was someone that I was like really really interested to because, um, sorry, I'm thinking how to put this right, but um, what? Oh. She's making comments about me. Um, like, the fact that when I was direct with her and then she didn't, like, she wasn't wishy-washy about how to respond and that she communicated clearly back to me that she was also interested. Um, just, like, spoke a whole lot about her character. Um, so that was something that really, really showed that she was serious about a relationship right away and that really, really went from me just being interested into her or interested in her because she was hot and <laughs> was like cool and stuff um, <laughs> and like brought it to like you know that level of oh well you know when I dream about being married someday like this actually looks like someone who could fit that you know and then we began we began our relationship and just went from there so yeah all right Think of something to say, Kev? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> you guys are too cute. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I mean, yeah, she got to be cute, right? So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and you look for similar personalities, right? Like, you look for somebody you can you can gel with. So, um, for me, I love to laugh, like, at myself and <laughs> other people. And... <laughs> And so when I see somebody that has similar qualities, I'm like, oh, you look like you're fun. Like, I want somebody 
um, that looks like they have fun with life and they're not afraid to laugh at themselves. And, uh, you know, it's okay to, to goof off and be weird. If you're like, always have a blank, like, you know, stare in your face and you never smile, I'm gonna think you're boring, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Uh, turn me away, you know, let's be real, B.O., we've all got it. <laughs> we've all got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, moving on to the next question. <laughs> Sorry, did you have more? So if that's you, uh, come talk to Kevin. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I, sorry. <laughs> I just thought of something. Um, something to initially attract a woman to a man. There's like a fine line here, and I just want to define it for you. So Sean is very confident. He's confident in who he is. He's confident in his abilities. He's confident in who God made him to be. But Sean is not cocky, okay? So Sean recognizes who he is and the abilities that God's given him, but he's not Sean Markle's number one fan. You know what I'm saying? He's not like so proud of himself and like, I'm Sean, I'm great. You'd be so lucky to date me, girl. Um, like, he's very confident, but not cocky. Maybe ask yourself if, which, you know, am I confident or am I cocky? Because one's really attractive and one's really unattractive. <laughs> I love that. Who said that? All right. Moving on to the next question. How can you make sure, this is for both people, uh, or everybody, I should say. How can you make sure that you are not sending the wrong signals if you are not interested in somebody, but just want to be their friend. I think I need to talk. I don't know that I have any good advice on this. <laughs> Man, I mean, for a girl, I don't know. <laughs> I think, I think it's really hard to, I don't know, my opinion, it's like, Guys can take just being nice like you're, like you're sending good signals. And, you know, for a guy, I'd say, like, just because she's talking to you doesn't mean that she's, like, really into you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Like, like, you just, like, heard nine guys be like, darn it. Uh. <laughs> Reassess. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I'd really appreciate it, like, if I was – Man, I think this girl kind of likes me, and she and she's like, you know, I think this guy kind of likes me, but I don't care for him. Maybe she would uh, just say, hey, by the way, we're just friends, right? <laughs> so, I think just setting that up right away would be nice. But um, okay, so how? Okay, okay, sorry. Um, if you are constantly text messaging someone or messaging them on Facebook. I cannot speak for how boys take that, so I'm not going to try to. But guys, if you are constantly text messaging or Facebooking or Snapchatting or blah, 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 whatever the kids are doing these days, um, if you're constantly doing that to a girl, I guarantee you, I guarantee you she is thinking that you like her. Because what that communicates is, and Stephen Aaron said this, but that communicates, oh, I'm on his mind, he's thinking about me, he really wants to keep up conversation with me. And I cannot vouch for why guys do that when they're not interested, but can I just encourage you to, like, please stop? <laughs> Is that okay? Would, would you stop? <laughs> Go find guy friends if that's your problem. <laughs> Say it louder for the people in the back, baby. 
Quit, say, that, say that again, Sean. If you, if all of all of the girls that you like are constantly messaging or, like she said, texting or whatever, and you're not actually interested in them, I think that's a really good sign that you don't have enough guy friends. So if if you're in a place where you need a girl to like talk to you, it's probably be a really really good sign that you have a hard time having deep conversations with other dudes. Um, and that's what small group's all about, and spending time with bros and and talking about real stuff with them. So, yeah, if if you if you notice yourself like, if you think that's why you do that, that's probably the fix. Um, because yeah, it it's not fair mm -hmm. to a girl to have her be the one that emotionally supports you um, when there's no sort of relationship at all or commitment or anything. So. That's good. Um, all right, we are going to go to our next question, which is a spicy one. This is for the guys. Uh, if a girl is not interested, how should she communicate the letdown? Just say it. It's like, be brutally honest. Rip I mean, we're guys, we can off. take it, right? I don't know, like, any anything but, you know, brutal honesty you're like, oh, there's a chance, it's right? It's not going like to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Quentin, Sean, anything to add to that? Just how to communicate that you're not interested. Yeah. How should? How would you want a girl to communicate it? Oh, uh, okay. I'd yeah. say just, like, with respect, for one, and just be, you know, kind about it, but also also firm that that, you know, it might not ever go beyond friendship, and you have to be okay with that. You know, maybe friendship isn't even good at that point. I, and in person, come on, don't do the text, yeah. don't, don't, don't Snapchat it, don't whatever. Both come ways. on. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're not interested, we, we, I, I think I speak for guys everywhere just to say, hey, you know what? Not gonna ha like it, this. This isn't gonna happen. I'm not interested. Don't say it. Well, let me check my schedule and get back to you. Uh, every guy knows what that means, anyways. Uh, and then you just they're left in limbo for a little while. Just tell us it's okay, uh, and that's totally your right and it's fine. But just be upfront, be honest, and uh, I think that's really really important. Um, yeah, it, it's scary for a guy to come out and be like, "Hey, I like you," but you know, shutting him down isn't isn't like, I don't, don't, don't tag, tag him along just out of pity because you don't want to hurt his feelings. That's the worst. That's a lot worse than just saying no. <laughs> yeah, no, guys are like lost puppies, all right? <laughs> and if you take a lost puppy home just for like a little while and then say, sorry, see ya, no one, no girl would ever do that, right? So it's like, don't do that. All right, so anyways, moving on. We're going to move on to the dating section. Um... Hmm. Uh, and this is this goes for these questions are for anybody, not not gender specific. Uh, is it attractive when the person you are dating sets firm physical boundaries and high standards for physical purity? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Next question. Next question. <laughs> 
and why. Oh, oh, okay. Dang. Loophole. Um, I think it lets me know that she really values herself, and in that way, um, she values me as well. I feel valued in that. In that I don't know. If, if her purity is is uh, important to her, then then so is mine to her. So it clearly communicates why you're in the relationship, as far as making sure that the other person knows that you're not after um, just sexual endeavors or whatever um, in the relationship because it's off the table because you've agreed not to do it. So, yeah. I think um, if you're in a relationship and you've like said together, this is what we're going to, this is like where we stop or this is our goal in this area. And then um, the person that you're dating doesn't try to stick to that. I think it's often going to bring questions up of what, what else are they compromising in or what else are they willing to compromise in down the road. And I think we often, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the marriage, sec marriage section, but I think we oftentimes think that before we get married, whatever happened before is like, that's before, but now we're married and like fresh start and we're married and everything's great. But I'm telling you those questions will come back and you will wonder, well, if they weren't willing to like stand firm in this conviction and this thing that they said that they would do, are they lying at work or are they, you know what I'm saying? Like it opens up a door to wonder about other convictions and other things that they should be standing firm in in their life. Yeah, and to kind of play off what Anya said, guys, you know, want girls to respect them as much as girls want guys to respect them. So if you've entered, you know, into a relationship and you've made this agreement of where your boundaries are and that trust is broken, um, they break the trust. That tells me that you don't respect me. So. It goes both ways. If you're wondering, uh, if you're wondering what we're talking about or where where, where this is coming from, uh, listen to our podcast from the last two weeks of love, dating, and relationships. It'll make a lot more sense as to why that's something that we uh, we pursue. So, uh, podcast is on our website. Podcast on our website. It is free. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. Next question, uh, and I. I don't know about you guys. I, I want to hear from from uh, Mrs. Cress here uh, eventually. Not putting you on the spot right away on this one, but but yeah, we want to get you in the game here. What what are some common misconceptions that guys have about women, and also vice versa? We'll open it up to anybody. What are some common misconceptions that guys have about women? Or you could answer, like, what are some, like, differences between, like, men and women's needs or, yeah, anything in, in that category? Well, I think a misconception that men have is that they, th they think women care if they're super buffed. Or they, they care what they drive. They care what they wear. And I think that we want you to kind of give it a shot and try not to, like, <laughs> you know, get a comb, do that. Okay. I was asking Annie, I said, so are the guys having a pajama party? And she was like, oh, no, we've never went about that. So, you know, clean up. Okay. But, but I think guys think that we really care about the external a lot, and women are just really not wired that way. 
Um, and I think that's encouraging to, you know, everybody. Everybody's got a shot, you know. Um, I think really what I hear over and over again, uh, I, I'm significantly older. I can't think I could be everybody's mom in here. I, I, some of you I've known when you were born. Hi, Kiva. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I've been around a while. And, you know, we really care about your heart and how nice you are. And if you're getting mad when you're at a stoplight and somebody cuts you off, that's an indicator to us that you might have anger issues that we don't want to deal with. Okay, you're nodding, Quentin. Are you okay? You an angry guy at the stoplight? Okay. All right. I was just going to sit back by the whole car thing. I know. I know. that We don't care. We don't. We don't care about that. I'm sure. Have you seen the cars we drive? So I would just say... No, and, and I have to agree with Annie. We need to know who we are in Christ. We're all so uniquely made. Everybody's so different, and everybody that we know is so fascinating in their own way. Give yourself some credit for being interesting in your own way. And then bring that to the table of relationships. Don't come shirking God. God didn't make a mistake. He was like, wow, what happened there? I thought I was doing good. And then that showed up. That didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so bring your full self to the table and then if you don't like what you see polish it up you know get some character let your yes be yes and your no be no get a spinal column men open the door even if girls are resentful okay I can open that well good let me do it for you anyway honestly I, I don't know about all y'all but I think we like it you know and I'll just say one last thing you know um, when I married my husband I was actually engaged before that and um, uh, one of the things that really attracted me to him was that he was very quiet. You know, the Bible says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Not to be a circus performer. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be, oh, I'm not nearly as interesting. I mean, you don't want to be boring. I'm with you on that. Hey, just talked to you today. Okay, <laughs> Kevin is my go-to at UA or at the district. Um, anyway, um, quiet waters run deep. And I think quiet people are very underestimated. And for me personally, I'm very attracted to quiet people because they're fascinating to talk to. And um, I think you were saying that Sean was kind of, you know, strong but quiet. We like to see a confidence. Hey, God made me. Thank God that I everything works. You know, I can stand up. My arms are working. And if they don't, then I'm going to pray that God could heal me. But we're, you're not a mistake. And so bring your full self to the table. And that confidence is very attractive. Anything else on that one? I really didn't want to follow that up, but I think I do have something to say. But I think, and I'm, I don't, I just want to say this. I don't mean this mean or offensively. Like I'm trying to ha have truth be spoken. But I think sometimes, as girls, we've decided that because guys don't think the same way that we do, that they're like dumb or lesser than us because their brains don't work the same way, and that's just not fair. So I just want to say this. Like sometimes we get in this like girl talk we're like Ugh, men you know what can you do with them um it's not okay and just because like they like i was talking to cora about this actually the other day just because like women w women with women when we speak to each other i could say something but with a certain tone you know that i mean something else do you know what i'm saying girls like i could be like you look really pretty and everyone's like wow she hates me and all the guys are like what she said you look pretty <laughs> like that doesn't make sense 
But with women, it's it's not okay and it's unfortunate. But we're very manipulative sometimes in the way that we talk and we make other women read our brains because they can. But men aren't like that. They don't do that with one another. If they say something, they mean what they say. And so if you're talking to a guy and he's not reading your mind, it doesn't make him dumb. <laughs> it makes him a man of his word and he's taking you at your word. Okay? So a misconception would be that sometimes we think guys are dumb, but they're not. That's not fair. So I'll answer this from like the guy's perspective. Uh, I think that, well, okay, so let's go to the Word of God, obviously. It's a good place to go, right? The Bible says, uh, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. In that one verse is an incredible amount of truth. There are some basic needs that every woman has and every man has, and those two basic needs are sometimes very different. And uh, in general, girls love to be loved. They love to be cherished. They love to be in the center of that guy's world, right? Like they, they love the attention, all that stuff. Now, the thing is, is that guys, we operate a little bit differently. We like to be respected, that's why we, you know, obviously, well, some people, not me, but that's why some guys pump iron, right, and uh, and and do all that stuff. They want to be respected, right, and that's our need. That's our that's our need uh, that the, a God given need, and I think that's there because God has planted that in men's lives to drive us towards positions of being able to to lead a family and to lead our wives spiritually. And I think that what happens is sometimes is that we try to, guys sometimes try to just respect their wives and girls sometimes try to, to just love their husbands the way that they would want to be loved. Is this, is this making sense? But to uh, truly love the other person is to understand how to communicate love to them, right? And so, uh, a couple books I would recommend would be Love and Respect is a great book, great resource for all of you who think that you might get married someday. Another great book is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And, uh, and that kind of goes a whole nother route. But The Five Love Languages essentially say that you uh, receive and give love different from other people. And that there's really five main love languages. And figuring out what your love language is, figuring out what another person's love language is, is can be an incredibly powerful part of a relationship because people send and receive love differently from one another. All right, we're going to move on to the marriage questions. Uh, so these are going to be fun. What, what, was, what was an unrealistic expectation that you had about marriage? Kevin? <laughs> This is going to sound kind of silly, but when I first got married, I was expecting it to be um, everything to be perfect, and the first thing I couldn't get used to was somebody in my bed, 
And the first three months of my marriage, I would drag my pillow and my blanket all over the house because I couldn't stand having someone next to me in my bed. It was so foreign to me. <laughs> and it really offended my husband, right? That doesn't feel very good. I'm going to take my blanket. I'm going to go. Um, so just silly stuff like that, that you think, you know, I just wasn't used to that. Or um, that I remember one time my husband, he was at work. This is just something men don't appreciate, ladies, so listen up. So he was working late, and the kids were young. I think Conrad was about five. And I know he was cute. And Jerry said, hey, i got to work late tonight. And so I thought what he would really like, he's going to be working late, he's going to be hungry. So here's what I'm going to do. Don't ever do this. You listen to what I'm saying. Okay. So I thought he's going to be lonely, he's going to be hungry. So I ordered some pizza, and I bagged up all my kids. And I went to his office, right? And I was married when I was 29, so there's really no excuse. And so I slept all the kids in there, and I said, surprise. He was like, hi. And it really caused a rift, you know, because I got in there, and he was like, I'm working late, and I can't work with three little people. And, and he hurt my feelings, but I was totally obtuse to the fact that he wouldn't think that's a cool picnic. <laughs> and so I was kind of resentful. Hey, you know, I did all this effort, and he goes, yeah, I'm working. Working means I'm not playing with children. And so we had to kind of work through what our ideas were. You know, you had to think like a guy and think like a girl. And I just want to say in terms of what you just said of respect, respect is earned, okay? So here's something I can tell you for sure. My, my husband plays hockey. My, kid, my boys play hockey. Sorry, Brigitte, I probably should have let you. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a thing. So um, I know without a shadow of a doubt that you could interview everybody that knows my husband. And I know he's never said anything disparaging about me. I know that he's never laughed at a coarse joke ever. I know he would kind of look at his sh the ground and kind of kick the ground. He wouldn't embarrass that person or give him a glare, but he would never laugh at a, at a coarse joke. He would never tell a coarse joke. Uh, my husband would never let me walk to the car. Uh, we don't park in the garage. We got lots of things, and he works on all the cars, so there needs to be space in there for him to fix the cars. And every time it snows for 25 years, my husband has shoveled a path to my car. I've never walked to my car where it hasn't been brushed off, scraped off, and a path shoveled. So I'm really glad that I can tell, I've never tell that to married people, because then they just go home and look at their husbands like, you know what? That enough is enough. We've been married 12 years. <laughs> no, so every, every day. day resentful. So I just want to say that, you know, respect looks like something. It's an action word. Um, and it goes both ways. And I, my husband goes to work early. He's leaving the house, generally. <laughs> he leaves on time. So I try to get up and pack a lunch for him. I don't really want to, honestly. I'd rather sleep in. But I know that he's going to pack a lousy lunch if he packs it. <laughs> and I care about him. And men love to eat. And I know that he will see that as love. So, so it looks like something. It's not a feeling. It's an action. Something you do. And so I really respect my husband. And he w he's worn the same five shirts for the last 10 years to work. Because he's giving his money to hockey skates and sticks. And Conrad, you know what I'm saying. I mean, he's like Abraham Lincoln. He is not about himself, ever. And all of my kids was, is that right, guys? Yeah? 
It's true. Big thumbs up in the back. So, you know, love is not about itself. Doesn't seek its own. If you look at Corinthians 13, you'll have a great idea of what you need to be. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. That's a good one. Are you going to remember that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's all. That was awesome. Um, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, or I said it, but um, I think I really, and this, again, this may sound really dumb to you, and that's okay. I, I'm fine with being d a little dumb, but I genuinely thought when I got married that just simply getting married, like, would change me. Like, that maybe the stuff that I dealt with before marriage, like, and the selfishness that I had, or um, even little practical things, like how messy I am. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Um, I genuinely thought that, like, just marriage, like, I'm going to come into my own, and I'm going to become this person, and those things won't be a part of my life anymore, and I'll be married, and I'll be the perfect wife, and I'll always have a good attitude, and I'll keep the most perfectly clean house and dinner on the table when he gets home, and, like, I really thought that, and so when I got married, and I was had to work hard to be a good wife, and my sins still existed, it was hard because I was like, what, what happened? I thought I was going to be the most perfect wife. And my husband is so patient. But we need to realize that, like, who we are is still who we are. And we can never think that marriage is the fix that's going to, like, once I get married, that thing will just be fixed in me and it's not going to be a problem anymore. Actually, it's going to be a bigger problem because your selfishness will no longer just affect you. It will affect another person. So, yeah. Yeah. And Talking about the how your selfishness will affect another will affect your spouse or whatever. Like, I w I would say that going into marriage, I thought I was pretty good at being selfless and not being a selfish person. But even if even if you're trying to be wise and like listening to that when people say that, um, I don't think it matters how much you've worked on yourself. You're still going to realize that you're actually selfish <laughs> when you get married. So that was something that surprised me because, um, you know, I, not to say that I think I'm perfect or anything, but I just I thought that would be something I would be pretty good at. But I was still knocked down, you know, quite a bit by and taken aback by how much like, oh, I'm like, I'm actually really selfish. So um, and and going back to like what Steve said about um, talking that verse we was reading about um, husbands loving your wives and wives respecting their husbands. Um, in that same passage, it's um, they talk. It talks about doing that as Christ loved the church, um, and it just yeah. It that that becomes so much truer when you get married because you realize it, it brings a whole other picture on like showing how. Oh well, Christ loved the church in the way that you know He actually died for us. <laughs> he gave up everything, His entire life, and that's what it really takes to purely love someone is giving up your entire life for them, um, and putting their needs before yours and stuff. And it, it doesn't matter how much you have that up here when you get married; it, you realize how hard that is to actually do. And so I, I was definitely surprised by that. Um, and, but it's a good thing. It's like awesome. It develops you, and you learn a lot about yourself and about your wife, and it's a lot of fun. So it's good. Uh, so moving on a little bit, then going to change gears here a little bit. I 
I guess this question is for Mrs. Kress. Uh, what, if you could kind of, and I know you've shared probably a lot of this with us already, but if you could like rewind and be sitting in these chairs when you were 21 years old, uh, what, what would you tell your 21-year-old self about relationships, marriage, and the whole nine yards? Well, you didn't want to come on up to this point I would say I wish I would have understood um, guard your hearts for it's the wellspring of life. Um, if you really love somebody, you're guarding your heart. You know, this is a time in your life when you need to be really focused on what you need for your future. And um, I, I'm so thrilled that you're here tonight and that you care about this topic because outside of coming to a personal relationship with Christ, this is the single most important decision you're ever going to make. Is who's going to be your partner for life. You know, that's your goal. And so, you know, the vetting process is pretty intense. And so I would say that I was pretty cavalier about dating. Um, I didn't date a lot of people that I thought, but I think they thought we were dating. And uh, I was kind of a tomboy in high school when I went to college. People were asking me out wanting to pay for it. And I thought, wow, that's cool. Right on. Let's go. I didn't realize that, you know, if they ask you twice, you're probably dating. It's like, bye, and then I go do something somewhere else. So I was kind of slow on the uptake of that. But, you know, you have a responsibility to guard the heart of the person that you care about. And there's hearts in here that will be devastated if you play, you know, pretend like you like somebody, and then somebody else comes along, and you're gone, and you're responsible for that broken heart. Guard your heart and guard their hearts, okay? So that's something I would do differently. And then the other thing that I would really like, you are such a prime time. This is such a great time to have this conversation because this is the time in your life when you need to choose very wisely. And if you could just look down a time tunnel in 10 years from now, imagine what you're going to look like. Make it good. Don't give yourself a big old pot belly or something. But <laughs> you're looking good. And in each of your hands, you got a hand of a little girl and a little boy. Those are your children. And I think the question you need to ask yourself is, what would that person say to you for the choice that you made for their spouse? Are they going to thank you? Man, thanks for that mom you, you chose. She's so kind and she's so not about herself. They're talking to you and they're saying thank you. Or are they saying, man, did you know that he was going to be angry? <laughs> did you know that he was going to care more about his car than you and us? Because he's always out there. I had a neighbor that would polish his car for five hours on a Saturday. I thought, what possibly could be left on that vehicle? I don't know. I wanted to go over and cook an egg on it say it's clean enough. Why not? Okay? So I'm just saying that this is a time for great expectations. You deserve it. God has uniquely made you. And your children and your future spouse, your children in particular, they deserve for you to choose wisely. So don't only think about yourself. Because it's one thing to have someone that's fun to be around and you hang out and they're funny they got a good sense of humor. They're cute. That's nice, okay? But at the end of the day, they got lousy character or unproven character. Or they have a tendency to overspend. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> Girls, fork over your plastic if you've got a problem with that. Guys, too. I don't know whoever's got a problem with it. I'm just saying that these are indicators that are not uh, hidden. You, all, you often see them. Do they, uh, they hanging out with a bunch of guys and they're girls? Do they always need to have a guy on their arm? Do they always need to be dating? I don't need to be calling anybody out. That was clearly me. I didn't really get what I was doing. My mom said, hey, date everybody. Have fun. I was like, okay. <laughs> 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 but, 
I didn't really do that. The other thing is, be patient. You're very young. I was 29 when I got married, and I didn't feel old. I felt like, because I knew at the end of the day I was going to have to submit to the authority of this person. I wanted to. I want some to lead, someone to lead me. And so they had to be qualified. You know? Are you going to protect us? Are you going to be respectful? Am I going to wonder where you are at 2 o'clock? I can tell you where my husband is any time of the day. He's as predictable as the sun rising in the east. Okay? You might find that boring. I find that very comforting. Get me boring any day if they're dependable. Okay? I'm just saying. But when I jettisoned the idea that I was choosing for myself and I started thinking about my future children and who do I want them to shape and be, be um, you know, shaped by, and it made it really easy for me. You're at a golden age. Wait for it. You're not old yet. you got plenty of time. It will come to you. Wait for it. All right, so... Uh we're family in here, so we're going to dive a little deeper. Uh, <laughs> there's like groans in this. Little great. Steve's going to ask a question about sex. Here we go. Yes, I am. All right. Uh, did you, uh, going into marriage, were there unrealistic sexual expectations surrounding marriage for you? <laughs> you don't have to get too go. personal here, but. Kevin? Um, I don't know. Is it is it bad to say there that I in a lot of ways no, but like I probably you you got me stumped. I don't know Sean. how to say this. Okay, I'm gonna that. deliver Sean Go from that. It. Okay, <laughs> that's a tough conversation. Okay. Um, I think if you have not been in a sexual relationship before, it's going to be awkward, okay? Because you're not used to stripping off all your clothes. <laughs> that's just weird. Come on, right? And so there's going to be that. And we hope that that's your experience. We hope that you're feeling kind of blushing to your hairline. I have a friend who's a philosophy professor in uh, Fairbanks, and he said, I'm really sad that this generation has forgotten how to blush. <laughs> think about that. What embarrasses us? I've heard conversations with guys and girls. I'm thinking, I would never have that conversation, ever. I don't think I've got to have that with my husband. And, you know, it's, it's just stuff. Anything's game to talk about. And I think, you know, sometimes we've forgotten how to blush. And so it should be a little awkward at the beginning. And it's blown way out, of, way out of proportion, right? You're expecting all this rocket's red glare, bombs bursting in air, you know. <laughs> Come on. You're figuring it out. Uh, my children are going to leave. I'm going to be done now. <laughs> so this is, why, this is why I asked this question. This is why this is important, you guys, because I think most people have unrealistic expectations of sex within marriage. And you go in with thinking that, oh, my pornography problem is going to be taken care of as soon as I get to have sex with somebody. My issues with whatever else I'm doing by myself are going to be taken care of when I am able to have sex with my wife. If I was just married, my sex drive would be taken care of and I wouldn't have these problems anymore. I got news for you that is a lie from the enemy. And you are going to carry that selfishness into your marriage because that 
is that those things are selfishness. And you've heard everybody talk about, every married person up here talk about selfishness. That's been kind of the trend, right? And you will carry those things into marriage. And if you think that marriage is just going to be one big sex fest, I got news for you. It's not going to be. And there's going to sometimes be problems. There's sometimes going to be uh, issues, whatever else, right? There's going to be stuff that comes up. There's going to be whatever. I'm just being real with you guys here. And if there is a some selfishness that you have not taken care of in your life, it is going to carry over, which leads me to my next question. And how... Uh, how would you feel if you found out your spouse was looking at porn? How would that How would that make you feel? So, looking at pornography, if you're married, it's always an indicator to the other person, whether it's true or not, that you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not. You're inadequate. It's just not quite as thrilling as it needs to be. And then you get in your mind, you have to be weird and do all, you know, I don't know, and do all this weird stuff and catch up to the people. And it's a crazy, vicious cycle that's untrue. And so um, I'm glad you came back, Brigida. <laughs> 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 I didn't think you were going to. Um, <laughs> so, so it's really a betrayal. Um, and what it really does is the person, and you know, it's women too, I guess, sometimes, you know. So what it does is it rewires your brain to have weird expectations that are, are not attainable, and then it, it does something in your brain. It sets off chemical reactions that are almost like, well, actually identical to drugs. Uh, they've done studies that, you know, you have the same reaction when you're involved in that. And so um, I have heard many times that our God is greater, and addiction, whatever you know, flavor it is, he can, he can redeem that, and he can change it in a moment's notice. You don't have to carry it. It doesn't help you. And it, it, in the long run, it's going to harm you. So I would just say, take it to the Lord, give it to him, and get ready for something way better than all that weirdness. <coughs> it's just weird, okay? So I don't know if that helps. That's good. The reason I ask that question, guys, is not to just, like, stir up something or shame people in this place. The reason I ask that question is because of what uh, Teresa just said there at the end, and that is that Jesus has redemption for that area of your life, and he has healing for that area of your life. And I will get to be your pastor for uh, three, four, sometimes five or six years if you struggle with getting through the college thing, right? Uh, but here's the deal, is that I, I, I want to make sure, when I call you 30 years from now, I want to find you guys in healthy marriages. And I want to find you guys with healthy families. And I want to find you guys serving the Lord for the rest of your life. Like, that's my goal. I get to be your pastor for a little time, but I get to hopefully, this is why we talk about this stuff, because this is going to equip you for the next 70 years of your life. And so making these decisions now, and all it is, is it's not, it's, it's not necessarily difficult, guys. It's surrendering to Jesus every day and saying, you're more important than me. So, uh, yeah, he has healing, healing, healing for you. 
Um, one more question, changing gears here a little bit, getting away from from the sex stuff, I guess. How how would you feel? I'm going to step on some toes in here. Is that okay? Raise your hand if you're okay with being t- having toes stepped on. You're like, Steve, my toes are already crushed. What are you talking about? Uh, how would you feel if your spouse played several hours of video games a day? Apparently, um, hmm. I uh, I made the decision to step away from video games uh, a while ago, uh, just because it, I felt like it wasn't a good use of my time anymore. Um, I just say if a, if a spouse of mine though was spent a lot of time in that, I would really uh, struggle with their their. Um, what am I trying to say? Their motives, maybe their their reason to need to escape their life that they're that they're in to, to spend that much time you know away from real life, saving virtual worlds, um, and also I don't know I have a like a a need to to move forward in my in my life too you know for to for production and for for you know taking the next step in life and and I found that when I sit down and play video games as soon as I turn it off I've gotten nowhere it's like oh okay so uh, there's the daylight gone and and I'm still sitting here so it would be hard I don't know that it would work well I just think that like <coughs> especially girls, I think we, we really love to be cherished and taken care of and thought of. And so I thankfully Sean doesn't play video games. I mean, not it's okay to play video games, but it's not something he does. But he also doesn't do it I- that in excess. But if that was something he was doing in excess every day, it would make me feel incredibly forgotten about and not seen. And it would just make me feel that he only cares about himself and what he wants and has no thought or care about what I want or what I need or a life that we're trying to build together because he's not, like, making himself a part of that life. Um, I think that comes back to selfishness, and you could probably replace video games with a lot of things in this question. Like, I don't play video games, but I really love watching Food Network. (laughs) I know that may sound silly, but, like, that's how I relax. I really like to watch TV. It's, like, a thing for me. But if I was completely neglecting Sean all the time and just sitting in front of the TV, like, I'm sure that would make Sean feel pretty forgotten about. And that's selfish. That's just selfish. We're building a life together. We're not building a life separately in the same home. And we can't just, like, yeah, I know we've talked a lot about selfishness, but, like, I think it would make your spouse feel pretty, like, trampled over. And, And that probably isn't what he would be trying to communicate or what I would be trying to communicate but that is what it communicates. Can I uh, share something with you real quick? So regarding this, my sister didn't get married until she was 50. Now that is old, okay? Let's be honest. (laughs) 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 She was waiting for Mr. Wright. I don't know what she needed to be, but her husband is really awesome now. But when she got married a couple years ago, (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, she had this song sung at her wedding, and I thought if every marriage could have this sung, it's a boring Gaelic hymn. Oh, the words are fabulous. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I might have the grace to let you be my servant, too. There's times when you need to be served. Nine months pregnant. Can't see your feet. Can you put my shoes on? Because I don't even know where my feet are. <laughs> Thank you, Conrad. Ten and a half pounds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> when he was born, I was like, hand him over here. I'll spank him myself. <laughs> Just give me that boy. Wow. It's true. I will hold the Christ light for you in the nighttime of your fear. I will hold my hand out to you, speak the peace you long to hear. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I'll share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. You're not about yourself. You're not about your, you shouldn't be about yourself now. You start practicing that. It's a good skill to gain. You know, you need to be, um, he must increase and I must decrease. That's a scripture, right? Our goal is to outserve. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He's our model. So marriage is a great opportunity to try to outserve that other person. Will you let me be your servant? Can I serve you? There are times when I just do not feel like making that breakfast or that lunch. In fact, I want to throw something nasty in there. <laughs> I want to make the rottenest cookies and say, you big jerk, this is what you're getting. Um, I've never said that to him. Thought it. But... <laughs> When you have those moments in your marriage, when you just ticked off and you want to throw something in the lunchbox that might bite you when you open it, you say, God, I don't really, I don't have the feelings. Feelings aren't your friends, by the way. Can we get a good amen for feelings aren't your friends? Feelings are incidental. doesn't matter how you feel. You're in control of your feelings. You control them. They don't jerk you around like some kind of wild ride. Yeah. So... So when you are in a marriage and you're trying to outserve someone and you don't feel like folding that laundry again, you don't feel like getting up with the baby, you don't feel like a million different things, it's this offering that you give to the Lord. Lord, I don't feel like doing this today. He, he goes, I understand. You've been doing it 90 million times. You've been folding that same pair of underpants. It's looking bad. Okay? <laughs> I get it. I'm going to do this for you because I love you, God. So if you can transfer the feelings that aren't your friends at that moment, and just give it as an offering to the Lord. It will really smooth out things. But you've got to remember, you're not about yourself. It's about learning to decrease. And when you can become invisible and become a servant, you'll have the best marriage ever. And my sister's marriage is glorious. She had plenty of years to, you know, observe others. And so <laughs> she's got it going on. But um, just try to outserve, even here. And how about casting criticism aside? Nobody wants to hear it. Can I just say that? I can. I don't know anything about Chi Alpha except the buzz on the street is this is a happening place to be. And I bet it's tough to be a leader and try to figure all you people out, you know, <laughs> and try to make sure you love everybody and nobody feels overlooked and there's only 24 hours in a day and we need 36. And I bet it's really easy to say, man, I had coffee with Annie like nine years ago, and Annie must not love me anymore because my feelings are in charge of me, and so I'm just going to go, I don't know what. Stop, okay? <laughs> We're going to learn to put our critical spirits aside. If you train yourself to do that now, it won't be a problem in your marriage. And if you're practicing now to outserve, hey, Steve, how can I serve you? When he called me and said, would I do this? I thought, my kids are going to hate me. I haven't come to Chi Alpha ever, even though I've wanted to, because I thought this is their place where they get to be themselves. They don't have their mommy. 
sitting in the back row clapping for Conrad. He plays so nicely on the guitar. <laughs> I think he's praising God that I'm not here, and that's okay. But it's just learning to not be about yourself. So. Amen. That was a mic drop moment there. Uh, we're gonna wrap this. We're gonna wrap this up. Actually, I think that you summed everything up really, really nicely, Teresa. So thank you so much. Uh, you see how Jesus is the answer? Like, isn't it cool? I always comes back to that. And uh, yeah, love it. And if you're, I asked that. Just I would need to put this disclaimer out there. I asked that question about video games. I don't hate video games, or I don't think that you're evil if you play video games, but what we're talking about here is putting things in li in your life in check now so that they don't become problems later, all right? And like Annie said, you could insert a million different things into that, into that question, but uh, can we give our panel a round of applause? Thank you guys so much for coming. Well done. If you guys have more questions about all this love, dating, and relationship stuff, talk to one of us. Talk to uh, a small group leader. Uh, talk to your small group leader um, because uh, I know that this is something that, that is good to continue to process and continue to have someone in your life. And uh, we said this last week, but everyone, everybody should have an editor in your life, someone who you can bounce things off of, and you can say, hey, what do you think about this? This is what I'm thinking. What do you, whatever. Start to do that with an, start to do that about all this stuff with an editor in your life. Strike when the iron's hot on this stuff. Make changes now. Uh, your 80-year-old self is going to thank you. I guarantee it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to come and just hear wisdom uh, from people who uh, have lived some things and have gone before us and and have, have wisdom to share. And Lord, I just pray that we would be a men and women who would not have to go to the school of consequences to learn things, but instead we would always go to the school of wisdom. And God, as we talked about, Jesus, is you are the answer to all of these things. To all of uh, Every marriage problem can be traced back to selfishness, and you are the only answer for selfishness that we have. So God,